Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Self Made. I'm Kenny, your host from oddzuki.com, and welcome. Uh, tonight's episode is, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, tonight's episode is, uh, I have the pleasure of bringing you guys someone from way, 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 way across the pond from where I'm at. Actually, you know what, now that I'm on the uh on the west coast it's not as far as it was when i was living on the east coast um a long uh, i wouldn't say a long time ago but several years ago i was on a uh, weight loss forum and was you know just and i'm still doing it now years later but i was working toward uh you know getting healthier and i met a uh, gentleman uh, who is joining us on the show tonight uh, through there, and we've you know struck up a friendship, and he runs a company over in Australia. So hopefully the audio isn't upside down. That's a terrible joke, uh, but I always make upside down jokes uh, whenever we speak about Australia. Um, but yes, uh, tonight I like to welcome to the show Tom Elliott, and he runs a company called The Book Cover Company. How you doing tonight, Tom? Yeah, good. Thanks, Kenny. Hey. All right. So, again, the whole purpose of the show, um, for those that do not know or are not versed in what's going on with Self-Made, if this is the first episode that you're listening to, is to prep entrepreneurs, uh, whether they're uh, looking to start a small business, they are stepping into a role running a large business, um, or even if they're just thinking about doing just a small mom and pop uh, brick and mortar, uh, giving you the tools and the knowledge and stories of you know the people that have gone before you, the entrepreneurs, uh, the the people that have just started, uh, and you know blood, sweat, and tears, the good decisions, the bad decisions, some that uh, hindered your growth as a business owner and some that have helped you excel and it's real talk real stories and we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it tonight so tom tell us a little bit about the book cover company when did you start out uh this company was started in 2001 okay and my father had my father had previously run a business doing library supplies uh, and I was working in a different family business at the time, and we decided to get back into that because he had fond memories of dealing with good customers, and um, we knew the products, and we knew where to get the products, and that was just a good start. And fortunately, we were able to start it as part of another company at the time, and that was a big uh, saving of money because we didn't have to pay so much for premises because we ran it from the back corner of another business. Smart. Uh, now, the, if you don't mind me asking, what was the other family business? We were making um, machinery for uh, processing documents. Oh, okay, right and on. Protect, protecting materials. So we, we had a had the ability to make machinery for ourselves because we had engineers available. So we had a, a pretty nice kickstart with that. Nice. It would have been very difficult, very difficult to get started otherwise. Absolutely. Okay, so you guys are pretty much had the tools preset. And readily av- available to you. Um, we need we need machinery that you really can't buy. Certain customized winding machinery to make fairly specific products. Okay, so uh, this would be more so along the lines of like a tool and die then uh, that they had to where that y- your engineers actually crafted the specific pieces that you needed for uh, to get the book cover company off the ground. Sort of, yeah. We had to make machines that had to do, do certain certain processes for products that we have, 
but they're unique products and they're, they're um, not a machine you could buy from anywhere, really. Right on. So we had to design it ourselves and put it together. Fortunately, we had the ability to do that. So with the book cover company, it's uh, it's as literal as it sounds, right? You guys make book covers. Yeah, covering materials for books, for schools and libraries. Um, part of the idea when we first thought of the company was to name it as specifically as possible because <laughs> you could call it Tomco and nobody would know what it does. Right. But if you call it the, the Book Cover Co., there's not a lot of confusion. <laughs> okay. So now, and this yeah. is like, or, yeah. so you like made, uh, you make dust covers, is it? Uh, protected, like the protective plastic you'd find on a book in a library or a school. Oh, okay. All right. So, and see. So not, not printing, not binding, just like plastic covers and adhesive plastic to right. put onto books. Right on. Okay. All right. So, so do you guys do like the, and this is just education on my part, uh, do you guys do like all the cutting there as well or, uh, or does that get uh, outsourced? Yeah, we, we import bulk stock uh, uh-huh. and process it in our factory. And some of, sometimes we buy plastic and paper and combine it in different ways. And sometimes we buy bulk rolls of adhesive film or clear film and process that in our building. Okay. Which means like winding it into small rolls, winding it into different widths and lengths. Okay. And brand, branding it for our customers. Okay, so you guys also do branding. So is this like uh, stamping or engraving, or not engraving, but uh, stamping or uh, embossing? Uh, is... No, mostly mostly just labeling for customers who are reselling the products. Okay, right on. Okay, so, and you said that this was something that you uh, kind of inherited from your father? Um, he's still involved in the business, uh, and it's... Um, it's been very useful because he has a wide breadth of knowledge of those products. And it was his idea to sort of start going back into that. But we took it from there and we've been doing it ever since for 17 years. 17 years. Okay. Um, all right. So you started started this aspect of it in 2001. Is this, uh, and being that you were working in the family business, is this something that you've, uh, you know, uh, I don't know whether or not you would be able to go to school for something like this, uh, really. Not really, no. It's, it's a very general very general sort of job. Because over the years, I've done every job in the business. Okay. Uh, from working on the machinery, building the machinery, making the products, contacting the manufacturers overseas, visiting customers, just pretty much everything, doing payroll. Just It's, it's one of those things of small business where you find yourself doing every single task. Right. Now, do you have other siblings that, uh, or are you a sing- or are you only a child? I have other siblings, but they're not involved in the business. Okay, um, so... They have been have been on and off over the years, but generally not been interested in rem- remaining there. You, you were the primary. You were the one that, uh, you're like, you know what, I'm, th- this is kind of where I'm going to go ahead and go. Yeah, that's right. Right on. Okay. I've stuck with it for, for all that time. Okay. Um, now, with running, now are you? Uh, would you say that you're pretty much the pri- you've taken a uh, stepped into the role of being the primary now, or is your is your father still the one that uh, kind of oversees everything? He has been. I'm taking over a lot more of that role now. Uh, having two young children has been <laughs> difficult when it comes to focusing on the business uh, because they really do absorb a lot of your time, and at uh-huh. a moment's notice, you have to just. Say, well, got to go pick up the kids. They're not well, or right. somebody's tripped over at daycare, and I have to go get them, or that sort of thing. Right. Um, so it's made my hours very irregular, and my sleep patterns very irregular. So it's hard <laughs> at times to concentrate. 
But now, I'm getting back into the routine of it now. Now, being that this is a family business, and I mean, obviously, everything is off premise. It's not at your house uh, or you know, at, no, like right. at a family house. Uh, do you find yourself, uh, being that you're saying that you work erratic hours, do you find yourself mm. actually having to go? Uh, to the warehouse or factory or wh- wh- whatever the uh, style of bu- building it is, but to actually go in at weird hours uh, or unusual hours to either work on a machine or to uh, if there's something going on with payroll or anything like that. These days, no. When it was when it was beginning, it was uh, very much so. I would do all nighters. Sometimes I would be in there on the weekend or stay back till eight or nine o'clock at night. If there was work to do, which often there was, right, uh, and I didn't, didn't have staff to help me. Now it's very different. I have a very good team working with me. Uh, I've got three full-time employees and a couple of casuals. Nice. So I've got a I've got a, a couple who work with me, and they are a production manager and an office manager, and they make an excellent team. And that really is one of the things that, without a team like that, the company would not be where it is today. I hear you. Okay, so with Okay, so you have three uh, full-time employees. How long ago did you guys uh, bring the bring them onto the team? Well, uh, my office manager has been working for me. I first employed her all oh, eight years ago, and then she went off to do other things and came back to me. Fortunately, right on, because she's very very good sort of person to have around, very efficient, um, trustworthy sort of person. Gets the job done. Kicks my ass when it needs to be doing. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, she also, uh, her husband also works with us too, and he's a very effective production manager. Right on. So he oversees he oversees the orders going out the door, the staff being productive, looks after everything around the factory. So I've been able to step out of it a little bit and let them take the responsibility and take on a more of a directorial uh, sort of uh, sense rather than day to day managing. So you've moved Sorry. you've moved on from the intense amount of grunt work that you had to at the very beginning. Exactly. Yeah, I really really find myself working in the factory these days. And if I had to say to the to the staff, "Look, I'm going away for a month," I'd know that the build the place would still be running properly. Right on. But until until the last few years, that has not been the case. It's been a case of if I wasn't there, the whole place would be in trouble because I had the knowledge of how everything worked, what the procedures were, the products, the customers, who needs what. If a customer calls up and says they need such and such a product, what do they mean? Well, I would know that. Right. But now I'm just being able to get on a text message and and just have somebody say, hey, can we send this product instead of that product? Or what does that customer want? I can generally answer those questions. So speaking of technologies uh, and, uh, you know, hopping on to a text message and managing it that way, since hmm. you guys started, have you found uh, that technology or uh, the advancements of smartphones and different apps and things like that, has that boosted your productivity, not just personally, but the company as a whole? I think when it comes to things like um, apps, they don't have a lot of relevance to what we're doing. Uh, we get little messages in our email all the time, oh, build an app for your company, but there's really not much purpose. Right. To that, but having a good website is really where it comes down to. Um, it's been absolutely invaluable as a small company because with a good website, you can compete with very large multinational companies. Mm-hmm. Um, people search for book covering because of our our name and what we've got on the website. And I've spent a lot of time optimizing that 
to come up as a good search result. People find us. The site is a bit old and outdated, perhaps, but people quite like that. Right. Not as, it's not an ancient site, but it's not covered in moving graphics and that sort of thing. People generally, people who we deal with aren't afraid to read a page of information. Right. So a lot of information. Just over the years, every time somebody called me up and asked me a question, there would be a tip off to me that that question needed to be on the website. And so I'd add it to the website. So we found that very few phone calls from people asking about the products. By the time they call us, they know what they want. So it really is getting the information out there to your customers. See, the good thing about what your business is on A, you've, you've chosen a name that will be very, very easy to remember. You know, it's like, or, I mean, if they know what, if they know they need your product and say, you know what, we mm. need, we need uh, some book covers, Wh- who do we call? The book cover company. I mean, that's it, it's very very simple, very very smart. Um, and you guys have a, being that you're in Australia, it's a dot com dot au, right? Correct. Okay. So with that, do you have much competition over in Australia, or actually even multinational? Do do, do you have uh, any competition really that does what you guys do on the same caliber? There are a few companies. Um, the biggest one is a very large company that does everything for libraries down to furniture. Basically, if you turned up and said, I want a library, other than the building and the books, they would supply you absolutely everything you needed. Um, oh, okay. Whereas we really just specialize in one thing. Uh, and we do a, lot of, uh, do a lot of retail sales, which some of the other companies aren't interested in. They're interested in big clients. They want to deal with a library, not a person saying, I need a roll of book covering to cover my home collection, and you know, I won't need another one for five years. We're happy to see them. Um, and some of the bigger companies are not particularly welcoming to them. So you're finding your, you guys essentially found yourself a niche that uh, really um, you know is going to have constant amount of customers. Let me ask you a question: With the advent of Ebooks and a lot of schools, I, and I don't know what it's like over in Australia, but I know a lot of schools over here are starting to shy away from books and push ebooks and iPads for students, things things like that. Have you noticed a uh, heavy impact in your business model with the way technology is advancing when it comes to reading books and ebooks and things like that? It was, it was a big concern to us maybe 10 years ago when it started to – people started talking about ebooks. We thought, well, this is this is going to kill the business. Right. Um, so there was a lot of concern across the industry that it would just completely crush the business because if you've got an ebook, you don't need to put a plastic cover on it. But the interesting thing is that schools have now gone away from that sort of thing and uh, physical book sales have increased and are continuing to increase. Nice. Even just among the, among the general public. And I think in part people – have decided that they prefer to feel a book in their hands because there is a, there is a certain pleasure to that. Um, there's a lot of people we deal with who are collectors and they, they don't want a Kindle with a thousand books. They want a library with a thousand books. Right. Uh, and I think that from memory, there have been some studies that show you have better learning retention when you've got an actual physical book in front of you as opposed to trying to learn something from a, an e-book. Well, see, the problem that I see with ebooks and things like that is again a the whole tangibility of holding something in your hand i love that uh being able to 
flip through pages, dog ear, you know, uh, to mark where you left off or a good part of the book and what have you. But also just when you're when you're flipping through something on your phone or on a tablet, it is it kind of just follows that nature of everything being so on demand and short memory span. You know, it's like, OK, mm. so I read it. All right, I'm done. Let me move on to the next thing. That's kind of how yeah. I've kind of how I felt with ebooks. Uh, I remember one of the first ebooks that I had purchased was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and mm. I remember reading the actual book and look at, and I got through maybe two chapters through the ebook, and I was like, eh, "This is dumb," and I went and I grabbed the actual book. So there's yeah, definitely right. so that that's. There's definitely a market that's still there, and it's not going to be going away anytime soon. So, I mean, that's definitely beneficial. Okay, so let's. This is a little bit more unique. I wasn't uh, actually wasn't really expecting this, uh, being that it was the business was essentially grandfathered in from the previous business. Uh, but to let's some degree. to some degree, yeah. So let's let's actually talk a little bit about setup. You said you guys set it up in the back corner of uh, the existing business at the time. That's correct. Yeah. Now, is that one still uh, just, the old business? Is that one still up and running? No, that's gone. That business. Um, it was essentially outcompeted by uh, pretty much Chinese manufacturers. Gotcha. Okay. Of similar similar machinery, uh, whereas initially the machinery from overseas was pretty bad. The quality improved, 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 and it's very hard to compete with um, production costs, materials costs. Uh, you know, if you've got a machine that's about the same, but it's half the price, well, you know what people are going to buy. Exactly. If it's if it's just as reliable, and we fa- and they were facing that, and that was a real problem. Also, the machines that we were making were very high quality, and really didn't break down and need replacing. So you'd sell some new machine, and 15 years later, they were still using the same machine on a daily basis. So <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse because you're providing a very qual- a very good quality product, but you're also shooting yourself in the foot. That's correct. <laughs> you know, you always have people. Uh, I work in IT, and you always have people that are asking. So, are you guys just putting something else on there so that it'll break? So I bring it back to you in a month, and it's like, no. I mean, the again, the ultimate goal is to make the customer satisfied. To, uh, yeah. In this aspect, the customer was you. Uh, I mean, you were, you know, you had your, you were building all these different machines for your clients, but. Yeah, you 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 made them so well <laughs> that they just they they didn't have a need to come back. So that's right. Well, selling consumables is much better, much better business. Absolutely, you keep one customer, keep a customer happy, and they'll keep coming back. Exactly. Okay, so you guys uh, set it up in the back corner. Was this something that was a full family group effort, or did they kind of just say, "Hey, Tom, here, this is what we want to do. These are the plans. You go ahead and run with it." Uh, it was mostly me at the beginning, uh, with some help otherwise, because we had a, had a bit of infrastructure. We were able to borrow computers and that sort of thing. It would have been very hard to set it up as a fully standalone business, but not impossible. And um, it was just really having the knowledge of what the products were, who to talk to, how you get that sort of product to other people. And you had a, a client base who was fairly... Uh, non-adventurous they had their budget they knew what they wanted to buy if you turn up and say my product's a bit cheaper they often it wasn't really very convincing to them right and you had to try and had to try and just get your foot in the door and once you were in there and they buy from you regularly they're very loyal as long as you treat them fairly 
Um, but it was just at the beginning, it was very hard just to keep it running. It's a sort of business you'd probably want to consider starting in a garage at home because you, you're not talking about a warehouse full of stock. You're not talking about huge quantities of machinery. <laughs> right. Um, it was just, you know, one person with um, some machinery and some lifting equipment, like a small hand forklift or something, would be able to do it in a moderate-sized garage. Okay. Right. We quickly outstripped that. Yeah. I was about to say, what what size warehouse or building do you, are you guys operating out of now? Oh, it's, I honestly I can't remember the actual dimensions of it. It's surprisingly large. From the street, it looks quite small. Uh-huh. We have a little shop front out the front, and anybody who comes out the back just walks into the back office and says, "Oh, can't believe how big it is." Mm. It's not. It's not enormous. It's not like an aircraft hangar, but it's big enough that we need a forklift to move materials around on high racks. Nice. Uh, We've got about three long bays of shelving and keep all our bulk stock there. We get a shipping container in every month or two and put that into the warehouse. Right on. Okay, so let's talk um, infrastructure on the inside, you know, when it comes to the office management. Um, Mm. Are you guys using um, like an accounting company to, or an accounting firm to help you guys manage like your books, or do you guys do that all in house with like QuickBooks or something like that? We have an accountant, which is um, very important because you do need somebody to oversee your uh, uh, taxation, for example. Right. Very easy to make a little a little mistake, which you find compounds into a big mistake, and suddenly you discover you owe the, the tax department tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, yeah, that's not which good. Is hard to pay. Hard to pay in a lump sum. Um, we had something a bit like that. We've handled handled no problems. It was just to do with the fact that we didn't have a professional accountant doing the job. And there's only so much your bookkeeping software will tell you about that. Right. Hey, you better pay this off or you're going to be in trouble. Now, was this, uh, did you guys learn that lesson, if you will, back with the first company? Or was that something that you guys acquired uh, and realized uh, we might be in a little bit over our heads here and did that with the second one or with the current one? Oh, we always, always been, I've always been a big fan of paying professionals to do things. Um, so you could do it yourself. Um, but I, you have to know your limits, and I know that I'm not very good with that sort of um, that sort of attention to detail when it comes to numbers. So right. I would rather pay rather pay an accountant and say, "Here are my books. You get it. You tell me if there's anything wrong. Tell me if anything looks like it's going astray, and then they do that for you." Right. Because uh, they know the ins and outs, and then maybe if you've got a tax situation, you can say, "Hey, what do we do now?" And they'll have a good answer for you. Um, much better. You saved a lot of we've saved a lot of money, I think, by spending the money on a professional to help us out. It seems expensive at times, but it saves a lot of troubles. It it seems like it, well, not seems like, but it's uh, essentially the business version of measure twice, cut once, you know? I mean, you want to make sure that you have someone that's minding their P's and Q's and, you know, being that I do work in IT, I always get people say, oh, it, I, I don't understand how you know all this stuff. I'm just dumb. And I'm like, you're not dumb. It's just a different set of skill sets. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, like you said, you know that you're not quite where you would need to be in the, you know, you might know the accounting software, but not the ins and outs, the taxation, all of that, which actually is highly important. That's actually along the lines of my next question, taxation and taxes. Now, obviously, taxes are going to be different over there than it is over here. Uh, what are your tax rates, essentially, on your, uh, on your products? We have a um, goods and services tax of 10%. 
uh, that's Australia wide. So we don't have to worry about interstate rates being different. Uh, all prices advertised include tax. Uh, so there's no problems with that. So if you go into a, into a store and you buy something, the price as listed is the price you will pay. Right. And all, all of the prices on our website include tax. Um, and that's just, you, know, you have to save it's about 10%. And you basically, at the end of every month, you file a report to the tax department uh, called a business activity statement. And that just adds on to how much you owe, owe them. Okay. And when we've had an issue, when we've had an issue with them where we paid some money, we were trying to import some goods and you know, we prioritize that over the tax, perhaps. Okay. It's just easy to call them up and negotiate. You say, look, we'll give you the, the money is safe. They're not out to crush businesses. Um, you can you can talk to them. And so the important thing is also to learn if you have these situations, talk to people early. Really, we found that um, they're always very negotiable. Right. Like they could come and come and take your business off you tomorrow, but um, as long as you're making a good faith effort to pay it off, right? Uh, we've always found them, always found them to be very reasonable. If they if they came and took the business out from under you and, and sold all the assets, they'd get some of their money back, perhaps. Well, not in our case, but people get into bad situations. But um, you know, I've heard of people getting absolutely crushed by you know tax debt. Yeah, I think that's universal. Um, we, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that that goes on over here in the states, um, and it is. I mean, we can't stress enough the importance of making sure that you do have someone that knows what they're doing when it comes to your books. Um, and for you, that's like figurative and literal. <laughs> um, so, it just it can just creep creep up on you. I mean, it's just you, you don't you think you're okay, then all of a sudden you realize you've got this terrible debt over your head, right? And no way of paying it off. And uh, it can be quite confronting if you're not sort of in dealing with it as it happens. Okay, so now you guys uh, are in. The, we're going back again. So you have your. Uh, the location in the very back uh, back of the business. How long does it take before it starts expanding? I think it was about a year before we moved into a separate premises. Okay, so uh, that's actually pretty it's, fast. Yeah, we suddenly we well, one of the things that you need to hold bulk stock, and the bulk stock is quite um, large. So you'd have a pa pallets of goods. We didn't have anywhere to put it, so we we had another um, premises with bigger machinery on it, just machinery we built ourselves. Okay. Um, machines for, say, winding big rolls of plastic into smaller rolls of plastic, that sort of thing. Uh, and we just needed a place to put it, and we needed a, an independent um, independent company, and then we split the business off from the other business as a totally separate endeavor. Okay, right on. Okay, so now that you're in the new, or, you know, you're in the new building and things are uh, continuing to grow, did you run into any hiccups or... Uh, you know, you're like, okay, so this is, I really shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't have made that, you know, made that decision. Did you run into, run into any mistakes, if you will? The biggest, the biggest risks we faced were things like, um, supplying the wrong materials or, or because you're ordering in bulk, if you order the wrong material, or the wrong materials are supplied, uh, you can be in serious trouble. But pro probably the biggest problem we faced and I would say still face is if you find yourself suddenly being quite successful and in demand, the gap between receiving money for goods you've sold and um, having sold those goods is a very uncomfortable place to be at times. You realize you've got no money <laughs> right. to buy more stock. Right. The orders coming out of you know, orders, just piles of orders. 
people want to buy, deal with you and you realize you're not going to have the money oh, for a couple of weeks until the other sales catch up with you. Right. And that was, that was one of the problems we had. And all small businesses can do that. It's, it's basically being killed by success. You suddenly find yourself, everybody wants your products. You've got no stock left and the money to buy them is not going to be with you for quite a while. Right. Because um, most of our trading terms are about 30 days. So you'd have this month overlap between, you know, I sold the goods and now I sit back and wait for the money to come to me because I need more stock. Right. And so you we, don't, and sometimes you don't want to be the one that, you know, it's only been 10 days in and you're pinging the client saying, so about that check. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've got good relationships with most of our customers. We've been able to do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we also found, found that offering a slight extra discount to payment within seven days was a good incentive if you're dealing with some of the larger companies who are quite um, have no problems paying a large bill for a large amount of stock, you say, oh, we'll give you an extra 3.5% discount if you pay it in seven days, which helps with the liquidity. It does, and that's not a large hit that you're taking. You know, that, that's, yeah. that's fairly decent. But well, I say well, it's, it's more basically. decent. So anyway, okay, so you, uh, you've, you're starting to grow. Uh, things are getting bigger. You've, you've. Uh, what would you say is something that's actually kind of spearheaded you guys into uh, having some extra growth or uh, bringing in extra revenue for you? Probably the biggest thing is um, just getting a good presence online and putting in an online store. Because suddenly we found that we were getting a lot more retail business. Right on. Just individual sales. So you'd have somebody call up, they order one or two rolls. You're talking $50, $100 um, for some book covering, but there's no minimum. People order $10 of, of stock. Okay. And we never we never say there's any there's no minimum for stock because you don't know who these people are that are buying. Right. And you don't know how word of mouth travels. So we always found it better to just treat everybody as if they were an important customer. Right. You know, a $15 sale, you get it out the door as quickly as you can. Mm-hmm. And they'd be happy as anything, and you just don't know. Maybe their their cousin works in a library, where maybe their friend runs a bookshop. It's it's interesting how the word of mouth gets around. Oh, absolutely! And it's just this lovely constant flow of small orders that we get in through the website, which are all because they're not they're all retail sales. They're all paid straight away. So there's a um, an element of cash flow which we didn't expect. Now, do you have a social media presence? I we do have a company Facebook account. Okay. Which I re- rarely use because there's not really a lot of exciting news in the world of book covering. We have um, an- yeah. we have another clear line coming out. <laughs> so this new one is slightly stickier. Hooray! <laughs> there's not not really. I mean, the products anybody who was in a library 30, 40 years ago would be recognize most of the products we have today. Gotcha. And that's not that's not because we don't try and innovate. It's really just because um, the People in those jobs don't tend to be looking for new products. Right. It's fair enough. Yeah. They're saying, well, look, we've done it this way for 50, 60 years. Mm-hmm. Why change now? Right. Prove, prove what you're doing is much, much better. And really, it's not much better. You know, sticky, sticky plastic on a book is a terrific way to protect a book. Right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, being that you started out in 2001, do you still have customers that you've retained from? back in that era when you guys first started it out? Yes, we do, actually. We've got a, got a few of them who we got early on and have just been very reliable uh, customers and, and just come back to us. Now, uh, with them, you know, ha- 
placing orders with you. Uh, how many people do you have in the customer service capacity that uh, that actually would be on, say, the front line uh, dealing with customers? Um, probably one <laughs> or two or three. It, it depends because it's not a um, it's not a very uh, we're not very active on the phones, for example. There's not many phone calls come in. Most of the correspondence, most of the contact is through email or through the website. Um, and we just, there's a few people who can answer things as they wish. So maybe I answer the phone, maybe somebody else answers the phone. Right on. Uh, generally not hard questions coming through and generally people are pretty happy with the service and product. Okay. And about how many new people do, uh, new clients do you get, uh, roughly? Out of large clients, hopefully you'd sort of be hoping to get a largish one, maybe one or two a month. Okay. Say a school or a library. Um, but for small customers, you'd have two or th- probably two or three um, new customers a day. Okay. That's, that's actually really, being, really being, good. They might buy a roll of plastic and last them for five years. So hmm. <laughs> you've had people come back, oh, I bought from you before. But now, you were in your other building then. Well, that was eight years ago. You know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's like, are you sure? Um, okay. So with you having customers that have that much longevity – and being that you are getting a lot, you know, getting new customers that are coming in on a daily basis, obviously Australia is a very large place, but it seems like you get a lot of, now are these walk-ins or are, this, are these actually like phone calls or like web inquiries? Mostly, mostly online orders or phone call inquiries. Okay. And are you getting stuff, are you getting stuff that's primarily domestic for you or are you getting stuff uh, from? Almost, almost, almost entirely domestic. Okay. Right on. Because the shipping the shipping costs are quite high. I would assume, especially on on those yeah. rolls, that would be. I mean, it, you they're quite dense. They're quite yeah. One roll is pretty heavy, so people ordering that buy a fifty dollar roll and spend eighty dollars on postage. Right. Uh, generally not too happy. Yeah. Okay. So all right. So now that uh, things are where they're at right now, are you looking at doing any type of expanding? Always trying to expand. Uh, there's always room for growth in a business. Right. Uh, currently looking at marketing some new products, and I'm finding myself with more time to to uh, get involved more on the sort of marketing side of things. Don't have to worry about the day to day stuff. I can sit back and think, uh, right. try and improve things like how, how we look online, make it easy to order products. Uh, that sort of thing is constantly running through my mind. And speaking uh, just, speaking of the online uh, online presence, all right, we already uh, discussed social media. Let's talk about the actual website itself. Um, mm. Are you on? Uh, have you guys approached it from like a content management system, or is it like just uh, like a basic HTML? It's a pretty basic HTML website. The main one. We actually have two websites, which is a bit clunky. Okay. We've got the main one which I call the information site, uh-huh. which will tell you everything you could possibly want to know about the products. Uh, it's very easy to navigate. Everything's about two clicks away from everything else. And people constantly compliment us on it. And web designers constantly say, oh, you need to redesign it. It's very outdated. So I leave it alone because every time I, somebody says to me, what a great website, I um, find myself putting the idea of exp- expanding it back about six months. Okay. Because uh, it's just it's just a useful site. The people we have coming to see it aren't afraid to sit down and read a couple of pages of information, right? Uh, to find out find out what they want to know, no. dig through the site, think about what they want, and then we also have a separate site which is an order site. Okay. 
so that has all the products on it because there's a lot of variation. So you might have one one product, uh, one of our types of book covering, but there's about four different varieties, and it ends up being about 75 different rolls or oh, wow. 170, I think. If you had one roll of everything, because there's about eight different sizes, there's three different finishes, there's different modifications to it. And yeah, what's... So every time you say, oh, you could have a gloss finish or matte finish, we've just doubled the number of possible combinations. Nice. Now, what's the what's the website address? It's uh, bookcoverco.com.au. Bookcoverco.com.au. I'm just bringing yep. up the site right now. And, okay, so I see what you mean by, um, you know, looking at the site, and I encourage you guys to go ahead and visit it. Um, I see that you have fine-tuned a lot of your verbiage. And on top of that, I like the, uh, I mean, you just have the very large order online uh, button right on front. It's very simple. It's simplistic, and it gets, the, it gets the point across. I had to keep making that button bigger because people would call up and say, how do I order online? It's like it. I made it bigger and bigger and bigger, and they stopped asking me questions. I said, it must be big enough now. <laughs> it's <laughs> trial and error. Um, and then the company that you're using for, uh, now, is the the um, online order portal, is that something that is from a distributor or or like a, is this, I'm trying to see, okay, so you got a shop as your shopping yeah. cart. Okay, and then the, it right. kind of just builds around uh, the site is built around that framework, I would assume. The information site is not. That's a standalone site on its own on its own host. But the links through to the um, the other site are all – everything's on A-Shop for as far as buying anything. Right on. Yeah. I was never able to, to find a way to put them together to keep the look of it as clean as on the information site. Gotcha. And actually, I mean, the, the, it's, the, there's definite synergy there. I see that. Hmm. Um, okay, so looking at again, looking at your site, uh, you have everything. Uh, that's the, how long did uh, have? I mean, I know you're actively doing it right now, but how long did you spend really fine tuning this website? It's hard to say because I, I'm constantly making little adjustments to it. Um, I first built it back in about 2002, I think. Okay. And it looks not all that different from then. It's, I've updated the graphics. I've updated the layout. They've added products, removed products. Mm-hmm. But the basic feel of it is quite similar. Change the wording, go through it every now and then, make sure it's all up to date, reads properly. Even now I occasionally find a spelling error. <laughs> or grammatic, grammatical error. It's unbelievable. You know, uh-huh. yeah. Everybody looks at it for years and then somebody says, you've misspelled the name of your product. But <laughs> it's... Uh, it's not hard to go in there and just fix one thing and then the site's just a little bit better. Right. Okay, so with the site, I mean, the site's uh, good. The business is running well. Um, where do you see, I mean, I know you said you're always looking to expand and grow the business. Where do you really see it going, say, within the next two to three years? Well, all going well. We're looking at um, some machinery that assists with book, book covering. Okay. There are some very large book processors, and we're making that machinery. Um, and there's just a few new products that we're trying to get a way of making them. And there's no – I don't have the worry now that the book market is going to suddenly vanish from under us. Right. Because the number of books – the population is increasing. The number of books for, say, classes and students is increasing increasing all the time. Right. And – there seems to be a case of um, the smaller book processors, which are the companies who don't necessarily sell the books, but uh, pre-cover them for libraries, 
put stickers on them, put their security tags inside them. Those companies are slowly consolidating into a few very large companies. Gotcha. Um, and fortunately, we're on the happy side where we deal with some of those large companies ourselves. Right on. Uh, and have been able to have been able to keep them happy. So you and sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's basically a matter of keeping on good terms with those companies, visiting them, making sure they're happy, making sure the products going to them are always reliable, and making sure that if they have a problem, we address it very, very quickly. Well, it sounds like you guys really do have you had the advantage of having the business that went beforehand and then now you mm. have everything you, you do have, you, you learned from that previous business, how to yeah. navigate and make sure that things run like a uh, well-oiled machine. Yeah. Right on. So it's sort of slowly getting there. Yeah. There's always something, there's always new things to learn in business, of course. Now I know that you guys are, are over in Australia, so it probably wouldn't be all that, um, well, and I don't know whether or not you'll be sharing this out to uh, any of your friends or any of your clients or whatnot, being that you're on the show. Mm. But uh, from my uh, current audience standpoint, uh, I don't think I have many Australian uh, people other than you that I know of. So, uh, but <laughs> if you are still in, if you are interested in learning about what Tom does, I do highly encourage you to go over to bookcoverco.com.au. Make sure you add, the, add in the .au for Australia. Um, and check it out. See exactly what uh, you know what's on there. Now, if people wanted to contact you or uh, say someone was in this industry or was starting to get into this industry, uh, how hmm. would they, how would they, what would be the best way for them to contact you? Just Tom at bookcoverco.com.au. Right on. Um, and pretty... I'm looking at the uh, contact page on the website as well. And there's also an info at bookcoverco.com.au. Um, and you know, like, you've actually... got a whole range of addresses. Yeah, okay. And I also see that you also have Skype on there as well for people to be able to reach out yeah. to the three guys that way too. So um, don't let the uh, simplistic design of the site fool you. Uh, this, uh, you know, the this company is... Uh, Honestly, I'm just going to be honest, it sounds more organized than most businesses that I've spoke, uh, spoken to in years. Um, I mean, it just seems like you have, I mean, I know every business goes through their share of issues, but it just seems like you guys kind of just have hit that groove that, is, yeah. uh, that there's not too, min too much excitement in terms of, oh, this just went wrong, we need to figure out how to put this fire out. It's just like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. we're just... Getting the job done. Well, we've already we've got the sort of ashes of all those fires behind us anyway. Right there's on. been we've had enough problems over the years. We, we've been through them. We can see them coming, or we can say, "Look, we need to make sure we've got our orders for next year in you know, around September, October." We need to make sure the orders are in because having no stock when it's the busiest time of year is really a nightmare. Oh, I bet. Um, when when would you say is your busiest time of the year? Times. Usually we get a lot of orders around the new year because that's the time when the big companies are doing all the class sets for the schools. Gotcha. Getting all the getting all the books ready. Um, a lot of the stock is made in Asia, and you have to make sure it's uh, it's ready on time. For for us, it's quite convenient because uh, China is sort of on our doorstep. Right. Um, it's not like it's too far to get things shipped, and there's not really a lot of problems there. There's a lot of a lot of ships going back and forth. Right on. Well. 
again, guys, if you have any, if you want to learn a little bit more about Book Cover Company uh, or Book Cover Co., if you will, uh, go to bookcoverco.com.au. Uh, you can reach out to Tom if you have any questions at tom at bookcoverco.com.au. Um, and yeah, uh, Tom, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Um, and l- l- let me pick your brain on uh, the industry. And again, I'm. This is my first uh, real uh, advance into learning about uh, fully what you do. And again, it just sounds mm-hmm. like the things were, uh, w- while you had some gr- uh, some growing pains, Not it doesn't sound like many. It seems like you guys kind of already had an idea where a little bit were really seasoned as to the approaches that you needed to take to actually make this work. In many ways, but there's also there's always troubles with small business, and there's always worries. Yeah, and um, there's always something new that's coming around the corner, ready to bite you, and you just have to try and be prepared. Right. And it's the I guess the thing about small businesses, unlike being an employee, is that the risk is is personally is you tend to have more money invested in the company. If you're an employee and you lose a job, that's pretty bad. If you're if you're actually running the business and you lose the business. That can be financially devastating. Oh, and not only that, but I mean, you're also talking about sweat equity, blood, sweat, and tears that you've put into it. To oh, make of course. Sure it make, of course. It's like you don't want it to all end up being a waste. No, um, I did my share of all night. I did my share of all night right. working and ridiculous hours and not, not getting paid the most. You find yourself, if you work at, work at hourly, a lot of time people who own businesses are being paid the least. And you have an employee and you, you do the calculations and you realize, oh, you know, I'm earning more than them, but I'm working twice as much. You know, not really that much more than them. <laughs> right. I'm actually actually earning earning half of what everyone else gets. But uh, it's just one of those things where you have to knuckle down and do it sometimes. You, a lot of people. That's another thing that a lot of uh, budding entrepreneurs don't really realize is when you start a business. Oftentimes, you're not really getting paid. You're going to be mm. shoveling so much of that, not just your time but your cash into making sure that that business stays afloat, especially uh, if you're not, A, dealing with uh, angel investors, B, dealing with small business loans. It mm. really, you know, th- there is a lot that rides on it, more than just pride. There's a financial aspect to it as well. But again, it seems like you guys kind of had that one on lock as well. I mean, <laughs> you, uh, you know, kind of, but one thing I will say is, you guys recognized the industry and how things were turning. So you took something that could have been potentially devastating to uh, your family and even the legacy, but you turned it and flipped it on its ear and made it into something uh, very successful. Well, very, very successful. (laughs) But it it pays the bills and it keeps, you know, keeps me, um, pays the mortgage and pays some other people. Right and is running profitably and really if you can do that for an extended time, even if you're not making huge money, uh-huh. there are some industries. Some industries there's just not huge money to be made. I think, but if it's paying, it's paying you well and you're building an asset. Um, it's terrific. Right. That's one of the big tricks is in the businesses getting over. If you particularly if you're starting yourself, it's been small and under your thumb the whole time. Is learning to let go of the responsibility. Uh, finding an employee and trusting them with the job, right. finding the right employee. 
you know, that it seems to be a running theme on the show is making sure that you find uh, employees or like someone I interviewed earlier um, is uh, even if they're just classified as general contractors, uh, you need to make sure that you're getting the people that you can trust. Uh, because, yeah. and that, and you know, I mean, that goes for everybody, including, you know, the lowest level worker. You need to make sure that they're someone that is not going to turn around and out of spite, try to ruin everything. Yeah. So again, you, know, you, you trust the people with all the, all the company details, all the customers, all the, where to buy the stock. Exactly. Um, and you just hope that, hope that they're happy enough not to try and take that from under you. And unfortunately, I've seen that happen several, several times. Um, but again, I really appreciate you uh, joining us on the show, Tom. Uh, and again, everyone, you can reach, uh, reach him by going to uh, bookcoverco.com.au. You can uh, reach out via email at tom at bookcoverco.com.au. Um, and for everyone that's listening to the show, if you could do us a favor and head on over to iTunes, head on over to uh, iTunes primarily, uh, leave a review, um, share this episode out with uh, virtually you know anyone that you th- that you think could benefit from it. Um, you can go to odzuki.com, That's o d d z u k i. And uh, you can go to the podcast section and look for self-made. We have several uh, guests that we have booked and will be coming up here soon. And again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will uh, be back next episode uh, with some other with some other CEOs, some other uh, business owners. Uh, we have some really really good content coming up for you guys here soon. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Kenny from Odzuki. Was joined by Tom from Book code.com.au wanted to put that address out there again we will talk to you guys next week on self-made